Hello, welcome to the West Side Podcast. This is where we'll post some of our audio from our sermons on Sunday, and we're so glad that you're here. West Side's vision is to reconcile people to God through the grace of Jesus step by step. We hope you enjoy, and thanks for tuning in. Good to see you this morning. I'm so glad to be here to uh, give a little intro. My name is Gianna. I uh, work here at Westside. I do our administration and communication side. Um, I started going here as a freshman in 2015. I came to what was at the time NCU or Northwest Christian University, but now it's Bushnell, um, and got my major in communications and uh, my minor in Christian ministries. So here I am. yeah, once I graduated from school, I got to work part-time at Westside, and um, I didn't really think this was going to like turn into maybe a, a fuller time or a career kind of thing, but um, here we are. God's got a plan, so that's really great. Um, but yeah, love Westside. Love you guys. So glad to be here. Um, so we get to really just dive deep into the um, topic of joy for the month of Advent, um, And if you know anything about me, joy is probably the thing that I feel like most tied to. Um, And I I don't want any of this to come off like sounding uh, like I'm bragging or arrogant, but I just know that Jesus has given me the spiritual gift of joy. Like I'm so overwhelmingly blessed um, by that gift that he's given me. And yeah, I just feel super tied with it. So getting to speak on joy this morning is really wonderful. Um, I, I laughed last week. It was, it was a very sweet compliment, but um, Joshua made a really great um, diagram and graph of like, okay, if you, uh, you know, if you're on one end of seeing the glass half empty, then you're on this end. On the other end, you're Gianna, um, and that made me laugh. <laughs> but that was very, very sweet. I even have joy tattooed on my arm. Okay, that's enough. I'll say about how much I just. Yeah, I just love joy. I, yeah, I enjoy it. Huh? Um, so good. <laughs> um, so I'm going to read us a verse from James. I'm sure you've heard it before, but um, it's just kind of going to get us in a right spot, right um, headspace. So would you read it with me? James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is so good. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. So when we were kind of divvying up um, the different kinds of joy um, that we were going to be talking about over the month, um, I, I got trials, so joy in trials. But however, however it worked, that's the one um, that we decided I'll I'll be preaching on. Um, and I thought, like, oh man, it's such a, it can be such a touchy subject. It can be really hard because, like, this this is my disclaimer. Anything that I'm saying in this sermon, it doesn't demean the trials and the suffering that we're going through. I feel like already this morning, in this past week, two weeks. I've been able to talk to some of you, and there's a lot of people going through trials and suffering. And it, like, it hurts my heart so much to hear those things, because um, they're inevitable, and that's, you know, the life that we live is going through the sufferings and trials. And so again, I just want to reiterate um, the pain and suffering and the trials in our life, in your life, they're real. 
and there's a time to grieve and there's a time to mourn. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, uh, let's, let's ignore those problems, but um, today I'm talking about how we're going to choose um, to respond. Um, so again, there's a time to mourn, there's a time to grieve. Um, and, and none of, oh, again, what I'm going to be talking about is going to make our situations maybe feel any easier, but there are tools that we can use, um, and there's a hope um, and a joy that's greater than ourselves um, that we can put our trust in. Um, so yeah, so how are we going to allow this to um, change our mindset? How are we going to respond? Um, yeah, just looking at joy, it can help us get through um, and to see those hidden joys while we're going through the trials. So, um, yeah, uh, I, I, was, I was wrestling with this because, again, it's so hard um, sometimes to find light in those times. And I was talking to Joshua, um, and he's helping me kind of, like, process through everything. Um, because, you know, we, we, we live in a broken world, um, so the suffering is, again, inevitable. We're going to go through it. We're, we're human on earth, so... Um, we can, we can ask the hard questions. It's good to ask the hard questions. It's good to ask God, why is this happening? I don't understand why is it happening. But a lot of the times, we're not going to get either the answer that we want, or we're not going to get an answer at all, or we're going to get an answer months, years, decades down the line. Or I imagine us going to heaven someday and being like, we probably won't worry about the problems we had, but I imagine this being like, okay, tell me finally, why did this happen? Like, I still don't really get it. And they'll be like, oh, this. And be like, oh, of course. Um, but anyway, so um, we can ask, we can spend our time asking why, or we can focus on um, how we're going to choose to respond. Um, instead of asking questions, how can we embrace the suffering and find joy in the midst? In our staff, we're reading a book called Embrace, Embracing Obscurity, um, and we read a few chapters ago a chapter on suffering, uh, so it was really great. Everybody looked at me and was like, perfect, you have your outline for your sermon. I was like, yeah. So, so that, that, I, I take a lot of inspiration from this book. Um, Embracing Obscurity, it's by an anonymous author, so if you want to read it, it's really great. Um, that's kind of where I'm going um, off of today. Um, so again, sorry, the long intro. Um, we have our obvious trials. We have our obvious ones that are really hard, like loss and sickness. I feel like those two things um, are some of the most like huge sufferings that we feel. So I want you to, to think about those things in your life, but I also want you to keep in mind um, the smaller ones too, the, the small sufferings, the small trials we go through. Um, in the book, Elizabeth Elliot is um, quoted, and she describes suffering as things that you want but don't have, things you have but don't want, and anything you want to be but aren't. So again, thinking about the small things, that can be um, a heartbreak, a breakup, um, a, a, a failing friendship, losing a job, having a sucky job, just the, those things that seem small, but they are, you know, they're still suffering, they're still trials. Um, she also goes on to say, the word suffering is much too grand to apply to most of our troubles, but if we don't learn to refer the little things to God, how, will sh how shall we learn to refer the big ones? Um, I don't know about you, but it, it, is so, it seems so hard sometimes to give those little sufferings, those little trials to the Lord. Those are the things where I'm like, I got it. I can handle it. Like, 
I, you know, uh, had a bad day, like, I'll figure it out. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overcome it because I can. Versus, you know, saying, okay, God, like, I'm really tired today. I'm really frustrated today, but I'm just going to give it to you. I don't, again, that, that might just be a me thing, but having those little small things, like, that's that where, it's, where it gets hard. So how am I supposed to refer God to the big sufferings of my life if I'm not practicing the small ones? So again, going into this, we're taking both with us, the big sufferings and the small sufferings. So getting, in, getting into it a little bit, um, these are kind of the, the joys in suffering that we can find, the silver linings, the bright sides, um, the joys in suffering. So there's two things. Sorry, my gigantic Stanley. Uh, two things. My joy. This is my little joy. Ooh. Two things. Um, suffering can change us, and suffering enables us to give more to others. So let's dive into suffering changes us. Two things. Um, it changes us in the way that it helps us distinguish our motives, or it helps us change our ambitions. So let's dive into it helps us distinguish our motives. So a motive is basically your why. Um, or it, it shows us what we find important or what we find valuable. Um, so for example, your, your why. You're, trying to, you're in a job and you're trying to get the next highest position, blah, blah. So you're like, why did, I, why did I want that promotion so badly? Did I want to have status? Did I want to make a name for myself? Did I want to make more money? And those things are not necessarily wrong or bad, but if those are what our motives are focused on, then those things can be those joy suckers, the things that are taking the joy out of um, maybe working hard or having a goal. Um, but what's our, what's our motive? If our motive, you know, having a, a little shift of mindset, if my motive is I want this specific job because I want to you know, help my parents buy a house, or I want to take care of my family. Like those, those motives, joy, um, joy bringers. Um, so again, just an example. Um, and like I said before, those, those, to want those things isn't necessarily wrong or bad, but if it's our, if it's our motive, um, those are the things that are going to take our joy away. Um, Isaiah 48.10, I'm not going to read it to you, but um, it's God basically telling Israel how stubborn they are, um, and how he gave them an example of, I am putting you in um, a, surface, a, a furnace of suffering. Um, you're going to be refined. So if you go through suffering, um, you're going to be refined. Which means when we suffer and go through trials and go through hard times, um, we can start to see that hard shell melt away. If we're put in the furnace of suffering, we're going to be refined. We're going to be... Um, honestly broken down a bit in order to see and for our motives to be revealed. Um, so again, if we're, we're put in that, in a time of suffering and trial, it's hard and we're getting broken down, but then our shell can kind of be washed away and we can look and say, okay, what, are, what, what was my motive in this? What are my motives? What's actually important to me? Um, what, 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 what does God want for my life? Like what... Are, 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 are my motives aligned with him? And maybe your motivations are pure. Like maybe uh, this refining process is, is just a way for you to, um, to rely on the Lord and get a little bit closer, but maybe it's a time to, to reflect. Um, but again, getting into that, that sounds 
so dramatic and a lot, but um, if you can imagine, yeah, a furnace of suffering melting away um, and seeing what, what are my motivations. The refining process helps us identify our motives and thus helps change our motives if we need to. Um, and again, I'm not saying, I, I hate sounding harsh because that's never my, um, my motive, huh? um, but, but it's true, and it's the things that we need to, to look at in ourselves. And I, I'm saying it because um, we can find contentment and joy when we figure out what our why is or what we want our why to be. Um, I feel like uh, being content, it can um, lead to joyfulness. So finding what our motive is, then we can go, okay, like I know, I know what's important to me. I know what my why is. Like I can be content and I can have joy. Um, yeah. Um, so again, suffering, suffering will do that to someone. Going through hard times can bring out um, what our motives are, um, what our motives might be. So the next thing is it helps us change our ambitions. So suffering changes us. Suffering helps us change our ambitions. Similarly to motive, but ambitions is more like a goal. Um, what am I, what am I uh, you know, what's my end goal? What am I chasing after? What am I going after? So going through suffering can often be a reality check or a wake-up call. And I'm sure um, maybe you've experienced that in your own life of, something bad comes up and you're like, oh shoot, like I'm, I'm, my goal is, is not on what I really want it to be. Um, another example, sorry, my examples are about working, but um, another example, maybe um, a parent is maybe working too much and, um, but you know, they need to work to take care of their family, that's natural, but maybe their, uh, their ambitions right now are to work, work, work to, you know, get this certain uh, raise to help their family, which isn't bad. Um, but all of a sudden, something happens to their child, something happens in their life where they have to take a moment, have a reality check, and they're like, whoa, I just missed out on you know, this part of my child's life, and now something horrible has happened, like I need to take a step back. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean working less or working less hard, but um, it's, it's changing and shifting their ambitions. My, now my ambition's going to be to raise my child. I'm gonna work, but my ambition is to raise my child or be there for uh, my spouse or be there for um, my child. And, and uh, another example, it happens with, with athletes. You know, uh, an athlete is an Olympian and going for the gold, ambition is the gold. Again, are you gonna blame an athlete for not wanting to get the gold medal? No, um, but that's their ambition and an injury is taking them out. Um, so they have a moment, a reality check of, okay, how am I gonna change? What are my ambitions now? My ambitions are to heal. My ambitions are to help help someone else who's going through the same same thing. And again, it's not, it's not like they did something wrong to where this is happening. It's just, these are the things that life give us and we get to choose how we respond. Um, so this, this athlete, this person is saying, okay, this is what life's giving me, how do I respond? I'm gonna change my ambition um, for something different. If you know anything about Paul in the Bible, Paul had many reality checks. Um, you know, when he was making his transition, transition from Saul to Paul, he was a Pharisee whose ambition was to basically take out Christians. Um, 
That, that was his ambition. And through uh, a lot of suffering, and through a lot of heart change, through uh, the furnace of suffering, Paul slowly changed his ambition to suffer for the sake of the gospel, to suffer for the sake of Christ. Um, so through a suffering and refining process, um, his ambitions completely 180 from what he was doing before. And again, that's a very extreme example, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that's what we need to be doing, uh, doing here, but that's just a, an example in the Bible that we can go to and say, okay, this is how um, someone's ambitions were changed, how suffering changed someone for the better. Um, I'm going to read to you in Philippians. Says, uh, Philippians 1, 12 through 14 says, um, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that was what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So it took Paul to go through these sufferings, to go through these hard times and say, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm having a great time because that means the gospel is advanced and you get to know who Jesus is. You get to know who our God is um, because of, you know, these, these hard things and um, I, I'm choosing this suffering. Don't worry, it's it's bringing good. So he's changing his ambitions um, to bring the others closer to him. These things are hard. the The trials are hard, but sometimes they're necessary um, to change our motives and to change our ambitions. Um, now the the next thing, my favorite thing, a little lighter part of um, joy and trials. Trials enable us to give, give a little bit more um, to our community, to our friends. So I'm going to read Matt 22:39 to you. Uh, Love your neighbor as yourself. Easy, simple, understood. Um, Love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself are definitely, those, those two verses speak to me so much. If I can do anything in my life, those are the two things that I want to do. And I don't do a very good job all the time. Uh, but I love it. Um, so our trials and our suffering help us to love one another even more. Um, I'm going to share a bit of a personal story with you, um, but I think it's a great example of um, the joys and trials. Um, and gosh, I, I know I don't need to preference this, but just hearing the, the hard things that are going on in all of your lives, um, I feel honestly a little bit silly sharing this, but I'm going to for the, the sake of being vulnerable and, and sharing an example. But um, Marcus and I, back in June for my birthday, um, decided to get a puppy. Um, and I will say, the first month of having a puppy, that's suffering in its own sense. That was hard. <laughs> Um, but unfortunately in September, um, we lost her tragically, um, in a really, um, just really painful way, really, uh, traumatic, um, and it was just really hard, sorry, Ooh. um, but the thing that brought, oh, sorry, <laughs> the thing that brought so much joy it was us, many of you out there coming to our rescue, coming to love on us and it's like sh show us what um, loving your neighbor looks like. And we got to receive that. And that brought so much joy. That brought so much joy. Um, and if, if the reason that happened was just, was just because 
I got to know that people love me. Like, great. I'm glad it happened. Um, but specifically, sorry, gosh, I can't pull myself together. Ooh. Um, specifically, Justin and Opal, um, they actually had gone through something really similar with a pet. I don't remember, six months maybe before us. And gosh, to have someone who understood exactly what we went through was so amazing. To have someone understand, you know, the, uh, again, feels like such a small thing, but it was a big thing in our life. So to have someone understand and relate to us um, was exactly what we needed. So, and I don't, I don't know if this is how God works, but I imagine to, to make um, things feel a little sweeter. Um, I imagine like Justin and Opal back when they were grieving, um, and, the, and him just being like, this is so hard for you right now, and I'm so sorry, but Gianna and Marcus are really going to need you and in, you know, just a few months. Um, so if, that, if the purpose of them going through something was to, like, to take care of us, or at least one of the reasons was, like, how God takes something so hard and makes it so beautiful, like, that, again, brings so much joy. I'm so sorry. I also think I'm tired, so that makes me cry more. <laughs> um, but again, going through similar sufferings and trials, it bonds us together. In church, we have a responsibility to care for each other. I want you to look at the people in the room and know that if you're new, if you're not new, like you have a family here and these are the people you got to take care of. And there's also people in your life, in your circle that you need to take care of as well. So we got a lot of people we got to love, but... Um, I want you to know, like, Westside is that as well. Um, we see you, I see you, like, but also, like, I need your help to help each other, too. Uh, so, again, we have responsibility to love each other. Um, but though, and, and we can do that through the trials that we go through. If you're going through something, I bet you there's someone who's going through something at least similar or knows someone who went through the same kind of thing. Those are the people we have to find and bond with. Um, and ultimately love more. So uh, there's a quote in the book that says, through suffering we are enabled to love, give, support, stand by, encourage, and empathize with our neighbors in ways we were never able to before. What a beautiful thing that God has turned um, suffering and trials into something that we can love each other with. Um, if, that, if that doesn't just like show the evidence of our God, then I don't know what does. Um, to take something as hard as that, turn it into something beautiful in ways that we can love each other in a way that we couldn't before. Um, Colossians 1.24 says, Paul is rejoicing in his sufferings because it means people get to know Jesus. Now I rejoice in what I'm, in, what I'm suffering for you, and I fell up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. So again, Paul gets to explain, um, I, re I rejoice in this. I rejoice in what I'm going through because I'm ultimately getting to help you. I'm ultimately getting to help somebody else. And that's the same thing with us. If, if again, the things we go through are hard, but we can choose to, um, one, even just like seek um, seek help and seek the love of other people. Let, let people have the chance to, to love you um, and be there for you. Um, 
yeah, what, again, it's really, again, at the end of the day, things are still really hard, really hard, and it's hard to find those little joys, but if we choose to find the little joys, I promise it's so worth it, it's so worth it, and what, what other choice do we have, right? Um, I want to share a little story um, before I wrap up here. That was not your cue band, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what your cue is. Um, sorry, sorry, that sounded so, oh my gosh, that sounded so rude. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to come off that way, I love you. Um, <laughs> so I, I um, get to lead a mission trip to Puerto Rico with uh, Bushnell and take some students um, get to do it for the last few years. And the, just this past year, in 2023, um, Jose, I'm going to put his picture up there. Um, this is Jose. We love Jose. Um, so it, I, I'm pretty sure back in 2017 um, is when uh, the, the hurricane that uh, destroyed his house uh, first happened. That was the first uh, disaster that he has been waiting since. Um, he's been on a list for people, uh, missionaries to come and, uh, or the city to come and help fix his home. Um, if you went in his home, you know, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's, yeah, yeah, it was a lot. Um, so it was amazing to go and, and help him. I'm not saying that to be like, oh, we're so wonderful. But my example is Jose like didn't have barely anything to offer us. And this man was able to give us so much. Just his, um, just his, his presence and his smiles. We had you know, broken Spanish within each other, with, oh, back and forth, but um, he did not have a lot. And he gave us the fruits in his garden and he gave us like aloe leaves and gave us water. Like the, again, this, it, it, it just blew my mind that someone that had been uh, going through such suffering and trial was able to give so much. Um, and again, like that, I think those things enable us um, to give so much, and that's just um, proof of Jesus. Um, but yeah, just a little shout out to him. Um, so now I'm wrapping up. Um, so to, to end, um, Jesus is the ultimate example of suffering. It, it, it's just crazy thinking of the things, the sufferings, the trials that we go through in our life. And again, doesn't demean anything because it is hard. But Jesus went through something like the suffering that is 10 million bajillion times worse than we could ever imagine. And he did it so he could relate to us too. He knows suffering more than anybody else. So if you need to go to someone who understands suffering... It's Jesus. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're feeling. Um, and he did that to be able to give us so much, to give us eternal life, to be relatable. Sometimes the best way to love people is suffering on their behalves. So again, I say, suffer on each other's behalf. Be there for one another. Use your suffering. Um, Use your suffering for, for joy. Unconditional love equals unexplainable joy. That was the best way I felt like I could put those together when, again, the, the feeling of joy that I get when I feel like, why, why should I feel this way? I, like, I don't understand where this joy is coming from. It's just Jesus. 
um, but it's because of his unconditional love for us. Um, Joshua uh, read it to us last week, but I'm going to read it to you again to kind of finish this out. It's uh, 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful that you are our ultimate example of suffering. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for dying on the cross, um, suffering more than we could ever imagine. So we could, one, live eternally with you, but second, just so you can know how we feel when we're going through suffering here. Um, thank you for being relatable. Thank you for being understanding. Um, and thank you for giving us joy. Lord, I just pray um, over our church this morning. There's so um, much hurt and trial and suffering going on, and I just want to lift these people up to you. We lift up our congregation, Lord, um, and we just ask for answers. We ask for healing. Um, we ask for pain to be relieved. We, um, I just pray joy over everybody this morning. Uh, Lord, give us your joy. Just shower down joy right now. Um, we love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.